Hi, everyone. Thank you for again welcoming us into your home. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and it's the day that we remember Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the donkey. And as they rode into Jerusalem, the crowds cheered him. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then later, they're going to jeer him when he doesn't turn out to uh, be exactly as they expected. And they're going to cry out, crucify him, crucify him. And we're actually looking at the fifth beatitude today in our series, The Good and Beautiful Life. And the fifth beatitude is, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And when we think about it, Jesus, during the whole Holy Week and the whole crucifixion event, receives no mercy from the powers that be, no mercy from the Jewish authorities, no mercy from the Roman Empire. And yet he demonstrates mercy in his death and his resurrection. And so we're going to be talking about this this fifth beatitude, blessed are the merciful. Let's turn the beatitudes around just to make a point. Bear with me. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we turn it around, it says, how miserable are the proud and boastful, those who rely on their own strength. They will never set foot in the kingdom of heaven. Or how about the second beatitude? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We turn that around. It says, how miserable are the insensitive. They will never find grace and comfort. How about blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. When you turn it around, how miserable are those who lack self-control, for they will never gain anything of lasting value. Or blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, becomes how miserable are the morally indifferent. They will never be whole and satisfied. So that's what we've been talking about this last several weeks. Today's text, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. If we turn it around, it's how miserable are the intolerant and resentful. They reap what they sow. Let's pray. So Lord, we pray that you would help us to understand how to be merciful and take the initiative in being merciful. Thank you that you are a merciful God. Thank you, Lord, that you have shown mercy in our lives, that you show mercy through your death and through your resurrection. And in fact, through the entire Old Testament, you are demonstrating that you're a merciful God. So Lord, I pray that we too would be merciful people and that we too would receive mercy. In your name we pray, amen. First of all, let's notice that this fifth beatitude is less passive than the previous four, because mercy requires us to do something. You cannot be merciful without having a reason to be merciful. It's a response to something that has been done to us or something that we see that's offensive. There are some wonderful examples of mercy in the Old Testament. In fact, when you read through the Old Testament with mercy in mind, you'll see story after story after story of God's mercy. Remember the story of Abraham rescuing Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah? 
The backstory is that uh, Abraham and Lot were ranchers together, uncle and nephew ranchers together, and Lot's, Lot decides that he wants the best part of the ranch for himself. And so they divide the property up, and Abraham lets them take the very best part of the property. Unfortunately, it was where Sodom and Gomorrah were located. And then uh, he gets caught up, Lot gets caught up in the whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing, and Abraham intercedes for him and rescues him from the city. So instead of being angry, he shows mercy to Lot and actually is uh, part of the intervention that gets him out of that city. Remember David sparing Saul's life? Remember Saul became jealous of David because he was going to be the next king and he'd be anointed by by the prophet, and Saul chased him all over the country. And David had a couple of opportunities to kill Saul, but instead he spared his life. He showed mercy. Remember the story of Joseph and his brothers? His older brothers sold him into slavery. And uh, Joseph became prominent in Egypt and rose up with power and then had an opportunity to exact his vengeance on his brothers. But instead, he showed them mercy and welcomed them into Egypt and gave them a land and a, and a place to, uh, to uh, raise their families and food to eat. Remember the story of Jonah? I mean, the whole story is the story of mercy. God's merciful with Jonah, the, uh, the, the hapless prophet. And God's merciful with Nineveh, this, this, uh, this city that had been uh, antagonistic towards Israel for so many years. And of course, we see uh, all of this culminating in Jesus on the cross and Jesus demonstrating God's mercy to us by dying for us and extending us mercy. So mercy is an action that should result from empathy. Empathy comes from two words. M, the prefix, means put into, and pathy comes from our word pathos, which means to suffer. So empathy means to put ourselves into someone else's suffering. In other words, it, we emphasize with someone when we put ourselves in their shoes and walk around with them for a little bit. And when you think about it, this is exactly what God did through Jesus. He put Jesus in our shoes and he walked in our life and he had mercy on us by dying for us. Now, we can rarely understand or even know people's motives when they do things that are offensive. Although we sometimes like to think we understand why people did something, we rarely really truly understand why they did what they did. And Mercy says, I don't get why they did it, uh, but I choose to forgive them. Just like Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing when he was dying on the cross. Mercy knows that the consequences of certain action are offensive, but it chooses to forgive and chooses to accept the harm, the hurt. Mercy, like forgiveness, is the currency of the kingdom of God. It must be in circulation in order for the kingdom to grow. It's reciprocal in nature. Like forgiveness, just as forgiveness begets forgiveness, so mercy begets mercy. On and on, our debts are forgiven as we forgive those, and we receive mercy as we give mercy. That's the point of the beatitude, blessed are the merciful. Now, I think there are several, what I would call mercy busters, or, or reason we find it difficult to extend mercy. And the first one is that sometimes we're overwhelmed with needs around us. We don't know where to start. 
And so we do nothing. I, I know my wife and I, in looking at the needs of, of impoverished families, impoverished people, and all the children in the world are suffering, we, a number of years ago, we looked and said, you know, we're, we don't know where to start. We know what to do. And so what we decided to do is do our little part by sponsoring children and uh, helping children across the world and, and watching them grow up with uh, just a little bit of money really could help families as they were endeavoring to work their way out of their <clears throat> impoverished situations. So we need to start somewhere. And, and it, when we look at the, the need for mercy and if we're just overwhelmed, uh, sometimes that, that uh, makes us stop from doing anything, and we just need to start somewhere and do something. Another mercy buster is that we, we see our own need for mercy, and we tend not to then think that we have anything to give for others. Uh, and, and in fact, I think we tend to see people divided into two groups, those who need mercy and those who are merciful, the healed and the wounded. Those who have it all together and those who can't even find it. Uh, like the old guy who said, I've worked all my life to get my act together. And finally, I got my act together and I forgot where I put it. So when we see the world divided into those who need mercy and those who are merciful, it's, it's really a wrong-headed view of the world. Because everyone needs mercy, both the wounded and the healed need to both give mercy and receive mercy. The beatitude is not, blessed are the merciful, for they shall dispense mercy, but rather, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Even the merciful need mercy. Both the wounded and the healed, healed both those who have their act together and those who don't, need to both give and receive mercy. Mercy is costly, just like forgiveness. But the result of not being merciful, of being intolerant and resentful, will eat us up. It's even more costly. The merciful are blessed because mercy is reciprocal, because those who give mercy receive mercy. And we all need mercy. So practice mercy. Don't just talk about it. Show it. Everyone needs it and everyone needs to give it. Merciful people lead a good and beautiful life. It is so like Jesus to be merciful. Romans 5, 8. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Don't allow intolerance and resentment to eat you up. Rather, practice mercy. Let's pray. So, Father, we pray that you would help us to be merciful people. Just as we receive mercy, I pray that we would give mercy. We know that this is who you are, and this is who you intend us to be. Lord, I pray for those uh, who are listening, who perhaps are harboring resentment, intolerance. And, and Lord, we know that, that that is so painful, and that is so destructive in people's lives. I, I pray, Lord, that they would release those things, and that they would be merciful to those who've offended them, for those who have uh, committed some offense. So Lord, I pray that uh, your kingdom would come, your will would be done in us demonstrating mercy in those around us. We thank you, Lord, that this is, this is the quality of your kingdom. This is a characteristic of your kingdom, and we want to be part of it. We pray this in the name of Jesus. 
for your honor and for your glory, Lord. Amen. Let's continue to worship, and I'll be back with a concluding comment. We have to understand that we do not receive mercy because Jesus died and rose again. Jesus died and rose again because God is merciful. Mercy is not a novelty. It's not a surprise in Scripture. It's who God is. Jesus died and rose again for us because this is the characteristic of God. This is how God treats us. This is how God responds to sin. This is how God responds to offense. I like a quote by St. Augustine I read this week. It says, Trust your past to God's mercy, your present to his love, and your future to his providence. I like that. Trust your past to God's mercy. We all have things in our past that we're not proud of. We all have done things that we wish we hadn't done. Remember, God is merciful. We all know that God is loving. He is loving. And he will continue to provide for us as we have needs. And we know that God is in control of the future so we can trust his providence to work out the details of our lives as we move forward in him. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. The passage of scripture that we've been focusing on as a doxology the last few weeks has been 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 to 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen.